So, uh, today, all the people I planned to hang out with couldn't make it. So, I figured I would just try something a little different and uh, tell a brief story. Try to keep it under like 15 minutes, if possible. Just because this one's easy to just tell by myself anyway. Um, So, I I wanted to to start this thing just to be able to tell stories and hear other people tell stories and just like come across funny things that have happened in people's lives. And so I'm going to tell this story, but I just want to put it out there that like anything that I say on here or talk about or whatever is never meant to be like, oh, I'm so cool. I did this. I did that. Because... I'm not cool. I know it. Everyone who knows me knows it. Even my kids know it. Uh, so this, this is just more to say this is something that I did when I was younger, and maybe it was dumb, and maybe it wasn't. But either way, if you want to hear about it, you can hear about it, because I'm going to tell you. So when I was, <clears throat> when I was 18, and I graduated high school, Uh, I didn't know what I was going to do, and uh, I just kept working at the job that I had, and I lived with my parents for a little while, and then they asked me to leave uh, for for a reason that I can talk about in a different story. Uh, So I moved out and moved in with this friend, and I lived with that guy for uh, probably like three months, and there's also some stories from there, but that's not what we're getting at today. Uh, after that, I moved to this trailer, uh, a single wide trailer in the outskirts of the Dalles. And I lived there with my buddy for about a month. And it was about as glorious as you can imagine. It was a single wide on someone else's property. And I honestly don't remember how much we paid to live there. It was it had to have been like less than 300 bucks for both of us. It was, it was super cheap because it was a piece of shit. And so my bedroom at this place was probably like six by six. Like it barely fit a single mattress. And, uh, this was in 2003. Yeah. Right. Right at the end of 2002 going into 2003. And at that point in time, most of the people I knew finally were starting to get cell phones but uh, they were the old school push button ones that you could barely text with or do anything with. And honestly, I didn't even text back then. Uh, we just mainly used them as landlines, you know, that you could take in your car with you. And uh, at this trailer that we lived in on the outskirts of the Dallas, you didn't even have service out there. Uh, it was so far out um, and we didn't have the Internet we didn't have a landline. So it was basically out on its own in the country. And there wasn't much to do out there uh, other than smoke weed and drink and uh, hang out with people. And, I mean, we didn't do a ton, and I didn't live there for very long. I mean, it was such a... Uh, <laughs> it was such a a trashy, shitty place to live. I remember we never even did the dishes. I don't even remember ever cooking there. So it was just like a skip from one thing to the next. And the whole reason I moved up there 
from my other place is because I knew that I was going to take this trip to Italy. Uh, as part of graduating high school, my parents did this cool thing where they said, we will buy you a ticket to anywhere you want to go. And as everyone who knows me will attest, uh, for the longest time, I'd always told everybody I was Italian, even though there's no proof, because my grandfather doesn't know who his dad was and died and never told us if he did know because he was a stubborn old son of a gun. And so we don't know, we, we can't trace it back past uh, my grandpa. And honestly, we don't even know if my last name is Maxwell. So I get to kind of make it up. And I always thought it would be cool to be Italian. I've been obsessed with their culture and their food and fucking Scorsese movies forever. And so I always like to imagine that I was Italian. And we even named all of our kids, all three of our kids have uh, Italian middle names. So where else am I going to go? I got a trip for graduating high school from my parents, free airfare to anywhere in the world. I'm going to go to Italy. And so uh, this little stint at the trailer uh, in the Dows was just the last little spot that I was going to hang out before I went to Italy for a month. So the plan was to go to Italy and take a backpack and take a bunch of clothes and just walk around for 30 days. And I did have a home base to hang out at, uh, which was in Catania, uh, Sicily. And so this, this episode's a little different too because um, I'm actually doing a screen record right now. And so it might be a little bit better on YouTube. I'm going to try to fill in details as much as I can with voice. So if you're listening to it, it makes sense, but it's probably better on uh, YouTube just because you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. Uh, but the reason, the reason I had a home base, a place to go to, was because my uncle was stationed there and working on a, uh, some sort of military base in Catania, Sicily. So his house could be kind of like a, a landing, landing space, landing point, whatever, to branch out and go see the rest of the country from there. So uh, early in January of 2003, my mom came pick me up from that trailer and she drove me to the airport and dropped me off. And I flew to, um, I think I flew to Rome first, uh, but then made my way down to the island of Sicily. And so uh, at this point in time, I'm only 18 years old and cell phones, I don't even think you could get a cell phone to work over there without like buying one and getting a plan and everything. So I went to this country uh, with basically just this book which is, um, it says, Let's Go Italy. And it's this huge book that has maps of each of um, the major cities. And it also has phone numbers, accommodations and food. Uh, it tells you, it's basically the internet in a book. Like if you were going to Google, where, where should I stay? Where should I eat? Whatever. But because I couldn't take a cell phone with me, we didn't have iPhones, I had to bring this book. So then the other thing I brought was this guide right here, which is a, uh, a translation book uh, from English to Italian. And because I was terrified of getting jumped 
at some point along the the road uh, and getting all my money stolen or, or whatever, I took the guide and I ripped it out or I ripped the guts out of a Nathaniel Hawthorne book and put the the uh, translation dictionary inside the sleeve so that if I was like sitting on a train or something reading this book, it would look like to anybody I was reading Nathaniel Hawthorne when really I was like trying to learn Italian. But the thing I just realized as I was getting this ready is that the outside of this cover has English written all over it. So if anybody who saw me reading this would have known that I was foreign anyway. So I don't know. I was 18 and dumb and I thought that was the right thing to do or whatever. But so I fly into uh, Sicily in January of 2003 and I wrote down in this little book like uh, uh, a bunch of things that happened. And so when I get there, I hang out a little bit with my uncle and some people and then he helps me get a train pass to travel all across the country. And so it was around 215 euros, I believe, which at that point in time, a euro was about, I think it was 80 cents to the dollar. So basically 80 euros would cost 100 US dollars. So I buy this train ticket for 215 euros and uh, it gives you 15 days of unlimited travel. So you can, I mean, if you wanted to, you could just travel all day long and go anywhere you wanted to, and that would be considered one day. And the dude on the train would mark it off as this was a day of travel. So I had 15 days of travel. And I was supposed to be there for 30 days total. And so I get on the train in Catania, Sicily, which is on the eastern coast of Sicily. And right off the bat, I went the wrong direction. And I went to a place a little ways down the coastline before I figured it out. So I got back off the train and rode north. And uh, when you get to the tip, they take the train onto a ferry and take the ferry across to the mainland, to the boot. And then you can ride the boot up to the top and so the train followed the coastline and it's so cool because you just get to look out the window the whole time and you're right on the coastline of Italy watching everything pass by and so I went through Naples and then I went all the way up to Rome and when I got to Rome I was looking through my little book and figured out a place that I was going to stay and the goal was to stay in hostels the entire time so that it didn't cost as much money because you could stay in a hostel for like 15 euros 20 euros so i get out of the train station in rome and i walk directly across the street from the central train station in downtown rome and i went to this place uh, i forget what it was called but i go in there and i, I book the room and so the guy takes me upstairs to the room and he's like okay he he spoke uh, just a little bit of English, but mostly Italian. So he lets me go. He's like, this is your spot. So I start taking my clothes out and like, you know, setting everything down and whatever. And I decided that I was going to go out and do something, go check out the town. It's like eight o'clock at night. And so for what, <laughs> for whatever reason, at that point in time, uh, my girlfriend had given me a bottle of patchouli 
And so I was going to wear patchouli because I don't know. I want to be a stinky hippie. And if you have never smelled patchouli before, you need like a drop for three months. Like it is so pungent and you can smell it from so far away. You barely, you barely even have to open the bottle and it's just like all over you. And so for whatever reason, I decided to pour half the bottle on my neck as I'm getting ready to go. And he, this guy, he brings up the next person to let into the room and he comes in and he's like, oh man, what's going on in here? And he he opens up the window and starts like waving his hands to get the smell out the window because it was so strong with patchouli. And I was so embarrassed. I was like, dude, I got to get out of here. And so I booked it before I could have a conversation with them about why I, <laughs> why I had put on so much patchouli. And I left and I went to the train station or uh, this little mart next to the train station. And uh, that was when I discovered that you could buy alcohol. And so I bought alcohol for the first time ever when I was 18. And I bought this three pack of Heineken and they were, they weren't 12 ounce bottles. They were like nine ounce bottles. They were really weird. So that was pretty cool. Uh, And so I hung out there in Rome for a little bit, met some people and, uh, then I kept going north. Uh, yeah, I went north to Pisa because you got to go see the Leaning Tower of Pisa, right? And let me tell you right now, there's no other reason to go there. You go, you get off the train and you walk a little ways to where the, the tower is. And then there's like a thousand tourists standing in a field pretending to hold it up because everybody takes the same fucking picture and uh, I was there by myself, and I wasn't going to take that picture anyway. Uh, and so I saw it, and I ate some pizza, and then I was like, you know what? There's nothing else to do here. So I went to Florence. And when I got to Florence, I checked into another hostel. And oh, I'm going the wrong way. What the? Okay. And so I checked into the, the hostel in Florence, and... Uh, that place was a little bit more expensive. It was 20 euros a night. And I remember it having a uh, washer and dryer, which was cool. So I cleaned some of my clothes. And this place had a room. It was just a huge open room with like 20 beds. So 10 bunk beds. And um, that was, I'd never done that before. That was kind of weird, just sleeping in a room with a bunch of other people that can like hear you breathing and snoring and whatever uh and we had to share a bathroom so that was also kind of weird but I'd, I'd never experienced a hostile lifestyle before so it was kind of cool to uh, to see what that was about and also let me say that at that point in time like I said there's no cell phone so the only way for me to get a hold of anybody which is fucking crazy now thinking about it I was just in the middle of Italy 18 years old by myself I had, uh, I had like a hundred euros stuffed into my sock in case I got jumped and beat up or whatever. Like I was seriously worried, like something would happen at some point. And, uh, there was no way for me to contact anybody. Like there was no one there to save me. Uh, I could have called my uncle, but he was hours and hours and hours away. Uh, and like, I couldn't even write emails to people. If I If I wanted to write an email or something, I had to go to a cafe and I vividly remember you had to, um, 
I can't remember if it took change or dollars, uh, euros, or if you had to swipe a card, but you had to pay before they would let you get on the internet. And so I specifically went to a cafe one night just to write someone an email because that was the only way to communicate with somebody unless I called them on a payphone. And so I had this, um, I had this, uh, uh, prepaid card that I could call back home. And I would call, uh, I think I called my parents a few times and I'd call my girlfriend mainly and talk to her. But yeah, so I was in Florence and uh, hung out there for a few days. And then I decided to, um, I decided to go up to, uh, where is it? I went to Venice. And so I got on the train and rode up to Venice, and Venice is insane. It is, it's like a, it's like a rat maze on an island out in the middle of nowhere. You get there, and you're like, holy shit, everything is on stilts. Like, it is, it is just floating out there in the middle, well, it sounds like, it feels like the middle of nowhere, but it's not. And so I get there, and uh, that, that hotel room or, or uh, that overnight lodging was the most expensive because, where is it? Uh, I paid 31 euros to stay there because I couldn't find a hostel for whatever reason. And so I had to rent an actual hotel room. And the thing about, I think this is the case with European countries. I don't know. I've only been to a few of them. But the the thing that I'm trying to relate it to is the way that it's different here in America. In America, you can uh, go to the movies and see some dude get his head blown off and it's still PG-13. But there's no nipples or nudity or anything. Like Americans are so weird with nudity. They don't want... It's forbidden. It's taboo. You, you, you can't have anything to do with that, but violence is okay. When I was in Italy, it was different. I went to uh, my hotel room and I, I, I checked in and everything and I go up to the room and I turn on the TV and it's like one o'clock in the afternoon and it's just a regular channel on TV and there's chicks walking around with their tops off and I, I was just like, what is going on? And it's, it's different over there. They don't, they don't have the same uh, taboo, forbidden shit going on with the naked human body and uh so that was kind of that was kind of crazy to see that and so i hung out in venice for a few days and uh the second day i was there i purposely just went out and tried to get lost and i legit got lost and i could not find my way back to my room and i really started to get scared because it was becoming night and i didn't know what i was going to do if i was just going to like sleep on the street or something and uh, it's, it is the most confusing place I've ever been. I was looking at a map and I could not fucking find my way back to my hotel. Uh, but eventually I did get there. And uh, then I went on to Verona, which... Where's it at? There it is. I went on to Verona. And the reason I went to Verona is because that is... Uh, the place where the story of Romeo and Juliet, I don't know if it, I don't know, I should have researched that more before I started this, but 
supposedly the balcony that Juliet talked to Romeo from is there. And so I don't think those are real people. I think Shakespeare just made them up, but shit, I should have researched that. Anyway, they have a balcony in Verona that uh, is called the Romeo and Juliet balcony. So I basically went there to see that because I um, was trying to fill up these days and just do some stuff. And so I stayed there and I ended up uh, meeting some people at the hostel I stayed at there. And that hostel was 1250 euros a night. And, uh, and so, uh, after Verona, I went on to Milan and I didn't feel like hanging out in Milan for whatever reason. It's kind of like a fashion district. And I was like, whatever, I don't care about that. And I had heard stories from other people about this place called Cinque Terre. And it was on the coastline looking, it was on the western coastline of Italy looking towards the water, okay? And so I decided I was going to go down there. And at this point in time, it was not really unheard of, but it was not as popular as it is now. It's 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 like a serious tourist destination now. But in 2003, it was pretty untouched. And so I rode the train uh, along the coastline. I went to this place called La Spezia. And when I got there, you have to get on a smaller train to make it to Cinque Terre. And so Cinque Terre means five cities, I believe, or five towns. And it is Rio Maggiore. Uh, let me zoom in. Rio Maggiore, Manarola, Cornelia, Vernazza, and Monteroso. And they have this trail that you can walk on that connects all five of these little towns. And it's so insane. You're up there walking in these olive orchards and up around various uh animals livestock you know you're 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 in people's backyards essentially and it weaves you in and out of all this beautiful countryside and every every time you stop you could take a picture and it's like the best picture you ever took and um so i i go to la spezia and when i'm there i have to take this little train to get over to cinque terre and when i start to get there it's already becoming nighttime. And as I found out, as I'm reading my little Let's Go Italy book, there's no hostels in those five little towns. They're towns of 500 people. And so I'm freaking out by the time I get to Manarola. I'm like, where the fuck am I going to stay? It's almost nine o'clock at night. I don't know what I'm going to do. And when I get off the train in Manarola, there's this like 70-year-old man just standing there and I don't remember exactly how it went down because he spoke zero English and I I barely knew any uh, Italian. I knew how to say like pizza and shit, but he's standing there and uh, I walk up to him and he somehow, he somehow tells me that he has a room available in his house. So I walk up this hill with this old man and he takes me to his personal home and he lets me sleep in his son's bedroom. And so I didn't know what to think about it. Like, 
on the surface, he seemed like a really nice old man. But on the other part of my stupid, paranoid 18-year-old brain, I was like, what's going to happen? Am I going to get killed in the middle of the night? Dude, I don't know what I'm doing. And it all turned out fine. I stayed at this guy's house in his son's bedroom for two nights. And he charged me 20... Yeah, Angelo Angelo Ricci. He charged me 20 euros a night. He was super cool. I didn't really talk to him at all, obviously. I just slept in the room and left in the morning. But, uh, yeah, so this this area, Cinque Terre, is amazing. And I walked the, I think it's three, three kilometers, five kilometers, something like that. I hiked that trail up and in throughout all five of the cities. And because uh, I was so stoked about all of it and... Uh, just a young, stupid 18-year-old who didn't know any Italian, I'd be walking on that trail, and every single person I saw, I'd, I'd look at him and go, buongiorno, because that was pretty much the only thing I knew how to say. And so I'm sure every single person I passed was just like, will this guy please stop saying good morning to me? <laughs> uh, and so I finished staying there and uh, decided to head back down. I was just the cool thing about this trip, it's uh, it's lonely when you're traveling by yourself, but you also get to do whatever you want to. And so if I was in a place that was really cool, I'd just hang out longer. If it sucked, I would leave. Like when I was in Pisa, I was like, fuck this, this place is horrible. And so I left. And if I had been with someone else, they might have wanted to stay. So that was the cool thing about traveling by myself at this point is that I just did whatever I wanted to do. And so I was done with Cinque Terre and I got back on the train and I rode down to Naples and I decided I was going to stay in Naples. And let me tell you what, Naples sucks. I, I don't recommend going there. I went there. Supposedly, I should have looked this up too. Uh, supposedly the pizza, the, the actual pizza was created in Naples. I believe that is true. I should double check. But I don't want to stop right now. Anyway, okay, so I stayed in Naples. It sucked, whatever. But also, the uh, Mount Vesuvio is right next to Naples, okay? And so for you, you friends who don't know about Mount Vesuvio... Uh, it erupted in, where is it at? 79 AD. 79 AD. This jammer blew up all over Naples, Pompeii, you know, the surrounding area blasted all this ash up into the air. And so for anybody who has heard of Pompeii, this entire town was buried under a ridiculous amount of soot and ash and volcanic lava. And so Pompeii is one of those places you should probably go if you go there uh, to Italy to visit. And so I rode the train from Naples to Pompeii, and I went into Pompeii, and it's kind of like a historical site, like a museum. You have to pay to get in, and there's various areas where you have to pay to do stuff. And I was being super cheap. I really only spent money, this entire trip, I really only spent money on where I was staying or what I was eating. I didn't buy souvenirs. I didn't go on the merry-go-round. Like, I didn't do any 
touristy shit. I just paid for food or if I had to get into a museum. And so I went to Pompeii and I was there and I had this moment where uh, I was walking around looking at all this stuff that had been buried by this volcanic eruption in 79 AD and they had uncovered it and they have these, um, they have these casts of the people that were like huddled up in a ball when the, when the lava landed on them. Like it's surreal. The, the, the I mean, what would have happened? It, it's equivalent to if Mount Hood blew up, Portland is fucked and we would all get buried with all this, uh, lava. And so, uh, it kind of made me think about that. And when I was there, they have all these intricate, uh, stone floors and mosaics like like it like somebody spent their entire life building this mosaic in somebody's living room just like where you hung out and I had this moment where I bent down to take a piece of the mosaic and then I stopped myself and I was like what are you doing dude you're gonna take a piece of history from this historical site just so you can have a chunk of rock in your room. And so I didn't do it. Uh, I stopped myself and uh, was pretty disappointed that, <laughs> that I would even consider doing that. But then uh, that was the end of that. And I got on the train to go back to Sicily to uh, hang out with my uncle. And so I called him up and I said, hey, uh, I'm done up here. I'm going to ride the train. I will be in I'll be in Catania, Sicily, you know, around 10 p.m. or whatever. It was like a 6 hour 6 7, I can't even remember. Maybe it was only 5 hours. It was it was a stretch. It was it was a serious train ride from Pompeii down to uh you had to cross over at Messina, which is the tip of Sicily and then go down the coastline till you get to Catania. So I call him up and I say, hey, this is what's going on. I'm going to be here this time. Can you come pick me up? He says, no problem. Right on. I'll be there. So I get on this train, okay? And I've been riding the train for 10 or 12 days, whatever at this point. So I feel like I kind of know what I'm doing. I got my little... uh Got my little stamps and I got my little uh, punches and all the places I need it. And so when you get on the train, at least at this point in time, uh, at that location in Italy, you get on and then there's a hallway and then the rooms are on either side. Okay. And you walk down five feet and there's a couple rooms on your, or one room on your left, one room on your right, walk down five more feet or 10 more feet. Same thing. It's just a hallway with the rooms on either side. And so I walk down and I pick a room and I go inside there and there's this younger dude, uh, you know, around my age or maybe a little bit older sitting in there. And so it's just him and I in this room. And so on one side, you have the door uh, that leads to the hallway. And then on the other side, you have huge windows that just open up to look out to uh, whatever you're going to pass. And so... uh, I start talking to this dude, and he speaks very limited English as well, but I find out that his name is Massimo. And uh, there is a clothing company in the States called Massimo, which I found out recently is uh, 
run by uh, <laughs> is run by a guy. I think his last name's Mossy Moan, and he is married to Lori Laughlin, who is Aunt Becky on Full House, who just recently uh, was supposed to go to jail for trying for paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to get her kids into uh, colleges and lying for them. Uh, so long story short, uh, this guy's name is Massimo, and I instantly associate that with the clothing brand that I had worn forever. And I was like, oh, this guy's cool. We're going to be friends, whatever. And so we're trying to have this conversation with each other. And it was tough because we're both unable to speak the language that the other person is speaking. And so the train gets going and they have this guy that comes through and checks the ticket. And I just call him Biglietto because that's what he would come in and say, which means ticket. You know, he would say, ticket, please, Biglietto. And uh, he comes in and he checks my ticket and he checks Massimo's ticket and then he leaves. And then somehow Massimo, he says something or, or intimates to me that he's like, hey, you want to get high? And I was like, whoa, okay, dude, sure. And I hadn't smoked weed in at least a month at that point. And I didn't think much about it. I was like, yeah, let's do it, whatever. And so he opens up his bag and he gets out these little, they look like incense. It's like clay packed really tightly. And uh, I don't know exactly what he called it, hash or something, but I had never seen something like that before. Uh, I'd always just smoked weed. And so he busted out and then he gets out some tobacco and these rolling papers, and he starts chopping up this clay-type stuff to put in the tobacco, and he's going to roll us a spliff. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I guess this is happening. And I'm thinking, you know, this is kind of sketchy. I'm on a train in a foreign country. This shit is illegal. Uh, but this guy seems to know what he's doing, so we're probably okay. And honestly, I was thinking about it before I did this. Smoking on the train had to be legal. This is 2003. I don't think it had been banned yet. So that might have been the reason that he mixed it with the tobacco so that it would just smell like tobacco. I don't know. I don't know what his thought process was, but he was not concerned at all. So it's just him and I in this this little uh, cabin, and he's rolling up a spliff. And so there's the huge window uh, to to our side, and... Uh, at the top is kind of like a little flop down window. And so he pops the window down and he he lights it up and he takes a couple hits and then he passes it to me and I take a couple hits, give it back to him. He passes it back to me and I take a hit off this spliff and then we hear the billetto knocking on the door and I lose it. And so I chuck that fucking spliff right out the window and it goes flying off into the coast somewhere. And the, the Billietto guy comes in, he's like, oh, you know, I smell something. What are you guys doing in here? You know, he, you could tell something was going on and it wasn't cool. And I'm just like, oh, God, what's going on? And Massimo's like, oh, no, it's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> you know, you know, we're all good. It's okay. And this thing and this guy and the American, whatever, you just go. And so he pushes the, the Billietto guy out the door and uh, shuts the door. And then he's kind of looking at me like, what the fuck, man? You just threw it out the window? Why? <laughs> that was my weed, dude. Why'd you throw it out the window? And I was like, sorry, sorry. I don't want to get in trouble. Fucking go to jail. Like, fucking prison, dude. I'm in Italy. 
And so he gets out his stuff again. He starts cutting up the the hash stuff and putting it in the tobacco again. And then this time he pulls out one of those uh, incense and he lights the incense and he sticks it right in the wall, right above the door. And so the incense is burning in there and uh, I can't remember what smell it was. Hopefully it wasn't patchouli. <laughs> uh, but it, it the smoke is starting to fill up the room and he's like, okay, here we go, you know, round two. And so he lights it up, he hits it a couple times and he passes over to me, I hit it, pass it back to him. And at this point, I'm pretty ripped, okay? And he he's going he's going strong and I'm about done. Like I'm getting really high and uh, super paranoid. And so he passes it to me one more time and then we hear the fucking Billy Etto man, he's back again. And so he opens up the door and I chuck that second spliff out the window, okay? And uh, the guy comes in, he's like, hey, what's going on? You know, I, what, what are you doing with this? And he reaches up and he grabs the incense. He's like, what is going on with this? And he he, he takes the incense and uh, Massimo's like, no, it's all good. It's all good. You know, we're fine. We're just, you know, he says whatever and pushes him out again. And so then we're in there alone. And he looks at me with the worst look of disgust ever. Like, dude. Second time you throw my joint or my spliff out the window, he's like, we're not smoking anymore. <laughs> and so we sit down in this cab and we have nothing to talk about and I'm high as fuck. And uh, I'm sure he was too. And so we just had to sit there and stare out the window. And I'm sure he was mad at me because I threw all this weed out the window. Uh, and so we ride down the coastline, right? And... Uh, we get, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're cruising down there for four or five hours or whatever it takes. And we get down to the tip of the boot, okay? Down to, um, it's called Reggio Calabria, okay? And you get to Reggio Calabria and you have to get back on the ferry to go over to Messina. Messina is at the northern, the northeastern tip of Sicily. So you're you're going from the the boot, the Italian boot, across over into Sicily. And what they do, like I think I said earlier, is they drive the train onto a ferry. It's crazy. And what happens is that train is in two pieces that is connected. And when you dock in Messina, one half goes along the northern coast and the other half goes south to Catania. And this is what Massimo is trying to explain to me. And I'm so high and paranoid and thinking he's going to like try to jump me or he's mad at me, he wants me to pay him for the weed or whatever. Like I would not listen to him. And he's telling me, and he's starting to get heated and animated and stuff. He's like, in Italian, he's like, you're on the wrong train. You're going to go the wrong way. What are you doing? Don't do this. He knew I was trying to go to Catania. And he's like, you're going to go the wrong way. You're on the wrong train. And I wouldn't listen to him because I, I was worried. I was scared. So the trains, we, we get on the ferry and we go to Messina and the train splits and he goes to the other train. And I'm like, all right, dude, later, whatever. And he's all pissed. And so my half of the train starts cruising along the northern coastline the opposite direction of where I'm trying to go. And I don't realize it until we get like 
half an hour, 45 minutes, hour long, until we get to Chefalu, which, for whatever reason, I knew was associated with Aliester Crawley, who is, uh, he was like a crazy um, occultist type dude uh, who taught magic with a K. So I, somewhere in my, in one, one, of, one of my books, uh, I saw that that word, Chefalu, was associated with him. And when we pulled up in the train next to the station and it said Chefalu, I knew I was in the wrong spot and I started freaking out. So I got off and this is, this is starting to get late at night. This is like nine o'clock or whatever. And I'm supposed to be in Catania to meet my uncle at 10 p.m. And so I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to get a hold of him. I don't, I don't know what, what's going on. And so I get off the train and I start heading back the direction I came to Messina. And when I get to Messina, it's so late, there's no more trains running. And so I get off the train and I go walking around the station and I realize that there is nowhere for me to go. And I start freaking out. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing like all these crazy homeless people chilling around and sleeping on the ground. And uh, I'm like trying to call hostels. Nobody will answer their phone. And I was like, what am I going to do, dude? I don't know where I'm going to sleep. I can't ride the train. My uncle's waiting for me in Catania. Like, what the fuck am I going to do? And so I find this payphone and I scan my little prepaid card and I call him up and I'm like, hey, blew it. <laughs> I messed up, man. I went the wrong way. I'm up here in Messina. Can Like, what do you want me to do? And he's like, don't worry, I'll come and get you. And so he gets in his car and cruises up the coastline and he comes and picks me up, saves the day. And we go back down to his place and chill. And then... Uh, yeah, the rest of it, like not much else happened, but that was that was kind of the culmination of my trip. Uh, so, oh Jesus Christ, forty four minutes. All right, well I was trying to do a fifteener, but that didn't work out. Uh, so yeah, that was my trip to Italy. And next time, hopefully, you won't have to listen to me the whole time. We'll get somebody else on here. So yeah.